I'm Alex Milleris. And I'm Taisei Fu. And I am going to ask you, before we get started with this week's discussion, how are you doing this past week? It's been a while since we've really caught up on this podcast. Yeah, I guess it has been. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, let's see, Christmas season is almost here. You can call it that, you know, last week of November and uh, 2020 is almost over. And so, you know, right now we're just, it's, uh, the school's a grind, school's a grind, but we're, uh, I see the end of the, I see the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? What about you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think actually now, wait, what, so it's November 22nd, so tomorrow's the 23rd. I think I have like two and a half weeks left of school. Which is pretty nice. Not bad at all. I can I can definitely I can definitely get behind that. It's it has I feel like you know with this online school stuff at the beginning of the semester, it kind of or not at the beginning of the semester like back in March more when we started doing it for the first time for like the second half of the semester it kind of felt you know fun and new and fresh and you don't have to take the bus. But I'm fully sick of it now and I wish it would end. Unfortunately, it will not end. And next semester will probably be entirely online just like this one. But uh, so we're gonna have to find. Some uh, some new ways to try and keep things fresh. I, I was talking to you maybe about, you know, just in general, not sitting at the same spot all the time for school and maybe moving around and sitting somewhere else for a class for a change. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Actually, yesterday I was just uh, I had to go to school for a test. Uh, I was in person. It was pretty safe, I would say. We were only like 15 people in a room doing the test. It was well ventilated. Everybody's wearing masks, the whole thing. Uh, and afterwards, I had an online class. And so how, how my school does it is we have a bunch of, you know, study spaces where you can go, you can book a room and it's supposed to be, so, you know, socially distant. Well, I went, was, my school was completely deserted, first of all, aside from like my class, it was totally empty. And I took an online class from a computer lab that was where I was the only person, nobody else in the room. So, uh, you know, th- th- it was, I don't know, it was a whole new energy I felt because, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I have been at my desk basically the entire semester in my room. My bed's right next to me. Uh, and you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And so, you know, it's definitely, and also being back in school, that building, you know, schools have, uh, you know, kind of academia vibe. Right. And so it was nice. Got some fresh <laughs> energy out of that. Uh, just, uh, sitting in school and taking a class it was all alone. And, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of awesome to be totally honest. I never think I'd say that about going to school physically, but you know, I felt safe and, uh, yeah, fresh new energy from a fresh new place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So that's, that's yeah, schools definitely do have an academia vibe, as you say. I think that's kind of the goal. But anyway, uh, we're going to pick up, pick up kind of where we left off last week with these reverse retro jerseys, because then we knew barely anything about these. And now we see the full picture on every single one of them. And I've got to say, I like some of them. Some of them are really bad. And I'm going to start off with some that I think are really bad. Uh, the Ducks, first of all. That looks like a, a child's drawing of a some kind of mighty duck leaping out of the water not a fan and the winnipeg jets another one of my least favorites at the start and at the end of the alphabet because it's mostly gray and i think the golden knights kind of make mostly gray work with their jersey because there are other you know shiny spots the jets just have like that old logo and like some dark blue around very boring very boring yeah, you know, oh my god. Like that that Ducks logo, it's just wild. They were really went, they really went all out with okay, we're based off of a child, like a kids movie, right? Um <laughs> you know, there's got some there's, there's got some funky design elements, I got to say. Like the fact that that whole bottom like third of the jersey is like looks like your typical like bottom third of a jersey, but then you realize it's like it's water or is it ice? I can't tell. It's one of those. 
Uh, actually, you know what? That looks it looks like ice because he's breaking through it, but also like the color makes it look like water. So that that might be a bit of a design failure there. But uh, yeah, you know, you look at the sea. Uh, I have this uh, exemplar in front of me, the the NHL released, and even the sea is in like a cartoon font. So you know, clearly, uh, I mean, sure. I know a lot of people really loved like the fact that they, when when Anaheim was technically called the the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. I think it's Mighty Ducks silly. of Anaheim. Do not the, my, slander sorry. the the holy name of the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. <laughs> my apologies, my great apologies. But uh, you know, eh, pretty pretty bush league right there. Uh, for for a fucking NHL team name right there. And so uh, yeah, it's uh, it really does look like a cartoon. Uh, and yeah, so Winnipeg makes me want to vomit. Uh, that logo, right? They or not the logo. They brought back the old logo, but the, the just the color scheme. What the hell? What are you doing? Gray? It looks like vomit. And it makes me want to vomit. So just terrible. I don't know who came up with that one. You could have picked something different. Uh, there was also the Detroit one, which is just fucking remarkable. I mean, in, in how, how how terrible it looks. It looks like something that, you know, a seven-year-old would wear uh, as they go to hockey practice. Not, not an NHL team jersey. What the fuck is this? There's nothing. There's nothing on the jersey. It's just a logo. It looks like, it looks like a long sleeve t-shirt. Or they just slapped on the Detroit logo and a couple numbers on the sleeves. I, <laughs> I, fair, I heard people say this looks like a practice. This is like a practice jersey, and I have to agree. To be fair, it does. I, if you told me this is exactly what the Red Wings wore in like 1932, I would believe you. So they really went all in on that retro thing. So hmm, let's do the least complicated thing possible for when our team was on the verge of bankruptcy during the Great Depression. Like, so you know, props to them for that. But I, I would have to agree with you that uh, it's definitely less than remarkable. Uh, I guess those are really the three I was going to point out, Detroit also. Those are really the three that I really don't like looking at. Uh, all the rest are fine. Some of them really don't stand out, though, and, you know, provide a lot of questions. For example, the New York Islanders. If you put this jersey next to their actual jersey and ask which one of these is the, the real jersey and which one is reverse retro, uh, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. If you asked me to do that right before I'm looking at it right now, because I think maybe the only difference is a slightly darker shade of blue and maybe that white stripe near the bottom. Yeah, I literally cannot tell. This looks like an Islanders jersey. So, uh, you know, let's see. Does the district does the description tell me anything new? Uh, no, it it really doesn't. It tells me that the navy blue colors honors the past, but they also wear navy blue and pleasant. So, you know, like, uh, sure, man. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 neat. The Oilers one looks pretty similar to the current one as well, uh, to the point where I can barely tell the difference on that one too. Uh, it just feels like the peripheral stuff was kind of changed. Everything else kind of feels the same. Uh, you know, there was something. Do you see as because the NHL uh, released a video to accompany the release of this, and you know, did you see the thing with the Chicago Blackhawks jersey? Uh, <laughs> what thing with it? No, I see the jersey. Well, I- yeah, you see the jersey, but the thing about it was they it, it's clear that some who were making the video thought that perhaps the the logo is racist, which it is. Uh because if you looked and even in the promotional shots like the pictures, it's the only jersey where you cannot see the front of the jersey. Like in, in this shot, even True, in this shot right now yeah. that they have on the website, it's on the the guy standing from the side. Everybody oh, else got okay. a nice I was- front shot. And and the the Blackhawks jersey, there were you know there were shots from the back, shots from the side where you could maybe see a glancing shot of the front logo, but clearly they they, were, they wanted to hide the fact that you know 
right in the right in the center. Uh, we we have we have a racist logo right there. And so you know maybe if you're ashamed of it, maybe you should just fucking change the logo. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I was looking at the wrong one. I was looking at the Flames one. I thought it was the Blackhawks. I was confused. But yeah. Okay. Now I see. Yeah. All the shots on the NHL.com. You can clearly see the front of the jersey, except the Blackhawks. You can only see like the, the the number twenty on the side, the C in the top corner, and you can sort of, kind of see the logo on the front, but not really. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> man, this is some. Yeah, I keep saying it. today's word of the day is bush league. Apparently, this is some, this is some bush league shit right here. Uh, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna we're gonna we're not gonna change the logo. We're not gonna take it away, but you know, we're gonna take pictures from the side now uh, because that's what we do here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, NHL, I see exactly what you're doing. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's Chicago. Uh, it looks like Carolina just straight up took, just took a Whalers jersey and called it a day. They put some gray on it. You know, I don't like gray on jerseys, so I don't, <laughs> I don't love this look either, uh, for the Whalers. You know, maybe they should have gone full, like, green. Maybe if you wanted to go, like, really reverse retro, make it blue. Eh, I don't know. But gray, I don't like gray. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and oh, the stars jersey looks kind of terrible, doesn't it? What the hell is that? I can barely even read the word stars. I can't even read the word stars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is true. But I actually just noticed these, those, uh, green and black outlines, I think are meant to kind of be the shape of a star, but I don't know what position you would have to put your arms in so that you can see that (laughs) because, uh, the person modeling the jersey has their arms on their side and you can only kind of sort of tell. I don't know if they put their arms up like, you know, a T-pose, if that would help at all. <laughs> Boy, Dallas fans out here T-posing. Is that what we're, is that what we're trying to get going here? Um, so, yeah, that's that. Oh, the Habs jersey. So, I think I think yeah, in the we preview last that. week. We, yeah. So, I, unless, unless there's any other teams you want to you wanna shout out. Uh, I'm just scrolling through. Oh, my God. The, the Blues. The, the, the Blues. Uh, and we talked about how it might be red last week. It is red. And I still hate it. I still like name it. is the Blues. You still like it, eh? Yeah. Well, Come on. Who cares it's the, the same Louis blues. blues. I care. It's care. about the, the music. Reds. It's the the music, the Blues, not the color that was named after. It just so happened that it was like, oh, and we could also make our team color blue. But like, it's not a necessary part of it. Who cares? Like, it's, it's it looks really cool to have like, oh no, we're the Blues, but we're wearing red. It's it's quirky, quirky and fun. Sure, that's that's what we're going for, and also Columbus, their jerseys right too. You're called the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're literally not wearing a blue jacket anymore. Um, it's you know, I I, I personally here think it's a touch problematic. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think that's a pretty big downgrade. You ask me, uh, you know, just like writing the team name on a slant is boring, and uh, that's exactly what they did. Look at that thing. It's just Pittsburgh on a slant, uh, and. Aside from that, Toronto, Vancouver, both look pretty mediocre. Uh, I don't know what's happening with the Toronto one, but the sleeves kind of wonky. And uh, yeah, Vegas, they come up with something funky there since they're like super new. But let's get to the Habs, the main event here. And uh, yeah, we talked about how they were going to go primary blue from the looks of the preview. That's what they did. And you know, like the preview showed a one shade of blue that I didn't like. I kind of like this one. It's a, it's a nice color. And I think it works. It's not it's not like the best jersey out of the bunch. I wouldn't call it a top five jersey, but it's nice. It's a solid, you know, not even a third jersey. It's a solid promotional jersey for this season. 
Yeah, I'm not a really big fan of it. I'm a really big fan of it. I hope they weren't. Like, I don't know what the plan is for these teams to wear these in games. I at least hope Montreal. I hope they try it out once or twice because I think it looks really nice. Also, uh, the model who's wearing it looks like if Brendan Gallagher and Boo Boo Stewart had a baby. <laughs> I don't know if you know who Boo Boo Stewart is. He's an actor. Nope. Who that? Okay. No, uh, I noticed. Could... I actually. You know, I actually thought exactly the same thing with the Brendan Gallagher. When I scrolled past, it, I was like, "Wait, did they get did they get Brendan Gallagher to take the picture here?" And I realized it wasn't. But yeah, I, yeah, I totally not... see the Brendan Gallagher re- uh, resemblance. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to have some sort of insightful, artistic commentary here. Uh, there's blue, there's red, there's a stripe. I think it looks good. Yeah, I agree absolutely. And I think the plan is, if we do get a season, uh. We will we will see like three four games. Apparently that's the plan. That's what I've heard. Uh, that uh, for all these reverse retro jerseys uh, to get a shot, and uh, yeah, I guess that's we'll cool. we'll get three four three four games of uh, vomit gray for the Winnipeg oh, Jets. Man. Oh, oh my God! I want to see the gray versus gray matchup. Uh, Winnipeg oh. versus uh, what's the other one? Hartford. Detroit. Uh, oh. Yes. Uh, yeah, give me that. I want a Detroit versus Winnipeg uh, matchup right there. Uh, clash of the atrocious jerseys. Oh, I see Winnipeg's done the same thing as Toronto for their sleeves. What the fuck is that? I don't like it. You know, it looks kind of, it, it looks weird. Like, you know, like they, they did this shoulder, like there's a different color for their shoulders, but then they extended that shoulder pattern like all the way down the sleeve. And uh, I don't like it. I, I don't like it. What do you think? Okay. Uh, I don't mind the shoulder pattern stuff but uh i don't i don't like the toronto that new logo it looks very cartoony kind of like the the ducks what they're doing i don't really like it uh i also don't like that old lightning logo the cartoony one but in terms of the uh the jets jersey i would say that that shoulder down the arm pattern is the the least of my concerns with it i actually don't mind that part okay so it's really the vomit gray that's that's good that's uh getting you against it yeah uh but before we close out this uh this retro jersey section segment uh we sh- oh, there are two that i want to talk about one of them is the avalanche that everyone seems to be loving it's everyone's favorite i would love it too if, if uh, they removed those fleur de lis on the bottom and not just that uh because i was like appropriation because honestly i really don't care that much about that i just think it looks like a an unnecessary addition and like i don't know very much i I'll, also like in and of itself like the blue jackets and capitals and even the rangers sometimes you know appropriating not appropriating sorry uh just like taking you know especially the blue jackets on their normal logo stuff from the american flag like go put some stripes here put some stars here i don't like that nationalistic stuff at all much less on you know just a sports team's jerseys and the avalanche i know it's not exactly the same thing but it's uh it's a similar similar sentiment i think oh just take that that uh symbol from the flag of quebec and put it on a jersey like not a not a fan if they took it off and just had that old nordiques logo but with the avalanche burgundy i think that looks really cool by itself oh yeah absolutely i think uh the floor release uh you didn't need it you could take it off and uh, i don't know add an extra stripe in there add, make that burgundy stripe a bit thicker and uh, i think it looks fantastic and yeah the, the nordiques logo uh they fucking brought it back they actually did the whole thing in the preview i think we only saw the floor release right and uh, uh-huh. it's just, uh, it's, it's nice. It's fucking nice. Uh, and they actually did it. I'm just, I'm kind of surprised. I thought they'd go with the Avalanche logo or something, uh, but they really did go football and no deeks. What was the other jersey you want to shout out? Uh, last one. I want you to guess which one of these is my number one favorite. Number one favorite. Okay. 
All right. Hmm. Looking through Florida. Kind of changed it up. Ooh, the Kings have a pretty nice one. That purple. Uh, Ottawa has another boring one. New Jersey looks like it's a Christmas tree. That's kind of fun. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, I am going to... Ooh. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess Washington because they got rid of that terrible logo in the middle. Is it Washington? Uh, Washington is actually probably near the bottom of my list, if I'm being honest. Oh, so, okay. uh, incorrect. Do you want another guess or do I want to just tell you? Sure, I'll type another one. Uh, sure. Is, is it the Arizona Coyotes? No, it's not Arizona, but I do like them. Probably near the top. But my number one favorite is Minnesota. Minnesota Wild. I love the removal of the red and the addition of the yellow. I think it's it, it's great. I know the Wild, they have a pretty terrible team name because of how you know abstract it is. And they have a pretty bad logo in that it takes so long to explain slash understand. But, you know, having just green and yellow, which seems much simpler than what they've been doing, and it makes the logo kind of seem a little bit more understandable somehow. And it really goes with their whole ooh, wild nature vibe. I really like it. I like the way it looks. And I think if I were in charge, I would want this jersey and uh, I would want this jersey to be their new away jersey and, you know, have some sort of restyling with a very similar, probably the exact same color scheme for the new home jersey and just, you know, rebranded to a new aesthetic as they uh, rebuild towards the future with uh, Marco Rossi, who, by the way, uh, tested positive for COVID, I think uh, Scott Wheeler said yesterday, but that's not what I'm talking about. Hope Marco Rossi gets better. Uh, All signs point to that he will. But I'm talking about this the screen yellow color scheme hard pivot back in, and I think it looks great. Yeah, it's a nice hard color scheme, and it's also right. They they took it from the uh, the North Stars. That's where they got the yeah, screen and yellow, uh-huh. and uh, it's nice. It's nice, and I agree. The red, the red could go away. This is uh, this is a uh, it's a solid one. And a funny thing that I saw on Twitter the other day was uh they 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 came out with a hat with this logo on it. It's so the hat is anyways. The tweet is designed by. Minnesota Wild Ford, Zach Parise. This hat would pair very nicely with a reverse retro jersey. But I don't know what part of the design that he came up with, the Zach Parise guy, because uh, it's just a black hat. It's a black hat, and they slapped on the reverse retro logo. So, you know, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't call that designing. Let me just tell you that. And uh, But yeah, the logo is fucking nice. It's uh, like the, the new color scheme. It totally works. I agree. And uh, you know what? I disagree on the logo. I like the symbolism. And if it takes a while to explain, if it takes you two years to realize that, you know, there's a shooting star in there, there's a moon or a sun in there, there's some trees, there's a fucking lake as the mouth, so be it. It took me a while. And uh, I hold I hold no ill will toward the logo. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Like, I will learn things about this logo and then forget them. And then someone else will, and then I'll learn them again and remember it all over again. And I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. Like, that shooting star, I- you know... It's also meant to be like the bear's eye. Did you notice that? Exactly. Yes, I did. Uh-huh. See, it's a, it's like a delight. It's a delight every time you realize, ah, the shooting star is an eye. Look at the, the moon. It's supposed to be the bear's ear. That too, that kind of stuff. Big fan. Big fan. And the trees make it look like there's some sort of like fur pattern going on with the bear. It's just, you know, the more you analyze it, the more you learn. And uh, yeah, but on the other the team hand, name I'm- sketch. Yeah. On the other hand, you have to put an effort to like it. Whereas I like things where you don't have to put an effort to like it, but if you put in more effort, then you'll like it even more. This one, if you just stare at it without thinking, it's like, what am I looking at? I don't understand it at all. I don't know. I see the face every time I look at it without even thinking. Um, maybe to the untrained eye, you see, I don't know, nothing. But uh, I don't know. 
I, I, uh, I'm still, where did I put the, we did a logo ranking a while back. Where did I put them? Um, did you put them low? Uh, I don't remember. remember. I can pull it up unless I put it in my, uh, my garage, not garage band, my Google drive trash. And now it deletes stuff by itself, which is an update I like, by the way. Unfortunately, it might've been by my own doing that. Uh, yeah, I can't find my logo ranking. Whoopsie. Oh, well, it's okay. Uh, well, I guess. All right. I guess if we were if we were to do a logo ranking, we would be. Uh, I mean, understandable. This logo is it's pretty polarizing. Yeah, sure is. Um, and back to that uh, that hat that Zach Parise designed. I was going to say I think maybe either Zach we're under maybe we're underestimating Zach Parise, and he actually said put some yellow on the logo, and you're like genius, brilliant, and that's what he and he actually did contribute to it. Or maybe they were like, hey Zach, should we put the logo in the middle on the front of the hat? or on the inside of the hat where no one can see it. And he said, I'm thinking maybe the front. And they were like, genius, brilliant. Thank you for your help. And that's what he did. And uh, yeah, so everyone's kind of agreeing with you in the replies. I'm saying graphic design is my passion a couple times. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I don't know if you saw it. So someone said design, question mark. This is the logo from the jersey slapped on a black hat. And the Minnesota, Minnesota Wild replied, Zach designed this hat last season, and it's being released now with the reverse retro jersey. Oh, that doesn't. And then... Uh, so the Minnesota didn't reply anymore, but people shot back at the wild. Like, uh, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? So the fuck does I that know. mean? It's still, <laughs> did he prefer the front over like slapping the logo on the side? Maybe on the very top, maybe uh, like, you know, maybe he was like, he was like, maybe he picked the color black. Maybe he picked it. The 47 should go on the left ear instead of the right ear side. And maybe he decided that the logo should go on the front where people can see it instead of on the inside where nobody can. Wow. That's three really decisions. Tell. Graphic design is his passion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it looks like Zach Parise has got himself a nice little, nice little career if he if he if he uh, if he needs it at the end of his career. A nice little yeah. career if he needs it at the end of his career. Okay, need a little thesaurus there, but it's okay. All right. Uh, anything else uh, about these reverse retro jerseys, which, uh, you know what, if there's one thing, uh, I can compliment about this whole set is that they released it at the right time. Right. So where we're talking about it for two weeks in a row, because there's nothing else to talk about. Right. So usually they'll bury it in the middle of the season and you're like, whatever, but, uh, they got, they got the timing right. Lots of free press. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Now at least everyone's talking about it because there's nothing else to discuss, uh, except the new CBA stuff. The uh, everyone's favorite topic of discussion, uh, money and collective bargaining, and the richest people asking for more for themselves and less for everyone else. Do you want to take it away and explain to everyone what's been going on with that the past few days? Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, here we have another case of greedy NHL owners. And uh, really, when is it not that? But uh, they really took it to another level here. Because if y'all remember, it was a big achievement like four months ago, some, sometime in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, where they came to a new CBA. It was fantastic. It looked like everybody was winning. Uh, both sides seemed to be pretty happy with it. And uh, there were some conditions attached uh, with payments and escrow and all that up for this upcoming season because, you know, who knows if there are going to be fans. And so they had some conditions attached. So, you know, basically they, they set uh, some salary deferral for this year so that the owners could pay it later on. And there were escrow caps. And, and the one for this season was going to be set at 20%. And it seems that the NHL owners, seeing now that the situation, that the global pandemic may not be slowing down just in time for the NHL season, 
have decided they want some more money. They don't want to lose money. They don't want to spend this much money on a season where there won't be any fans. So what they did was they uh, they are trying to change the conditions of the deal to solely benefit themselves four months after they signed it, after they agreed to the terms. And so uh, basically they sent a couple, a couple of proposals to the, to the NHLPA. One of them uh, impacts only this season where deferred compensation doubles to 20%. And escrow goes up 5%, from 20 to 25%. At 25%, that's already a lot of money to go into escrow. And they also proposed a second, uh, where the deferred compensation goes from 10 to 26%, an even greater gap. They don't touch escrow this season, but for the last three seasons of the deal, year four to six, they move it from uh, what was initially 6% to 8.5% and 9%. And uh, obviously, the players uh, were not happy at all with this bullshit. Uh, you know, to quote uh, one player, there were audible gasps when this was presented, and rightly so, because, uh, you know, the owners are trying to rip them off again. Because, uh, really, I mean, this is, this was, this was like this, we knew this might happen, and we knew this was a pretty big likelihood when they signed the CBA that, you know, who knows, if there's no vaccine coming out anytime soon, and we did not expect a vaccine to come out anytime soon. Well, then you're, you might be looking at no fans next season. And that's exactly what it looks like it's going to happen. And yeah. And, and, and Mark, and you know that if we had found a vaccine and, and this coronavirus pandemic was really starting to slow down, even be on the verge of getting eliminated, and we were getting full attendance in the, in the seats, and you know we were going to have, and hockey revenue was going to skyrocket again. Well, you know that... If the, the players, if they asked, hey, now that the now that all the money's coming in, can we get you know a bit more of the money? The owners would say fuck you and not even come to the bargaining table. So, yeah, so that's that. That's what's happening, and uh, clearly the players aren't happy about it. And I totally understand because the owners are they offered in these proposals absolutely no like uh, there was no trading here. It was just you give me more of your money, players, uh, because uh, yeah, I'm greedy. That's, that's, that mm-hmm. seems to be the whole uh, game plan here. My least favorite part of this, or one of my least favorite parts of this, is that I think there's a very good chance that the NHLPA is going to end up maybe not doing the initial ask, but they're just going to end up giving a little bit more just because. Because that's what they've tended to in the in the, in the past. Uh, Dan Carcillo says it sometimes. The first three letters of NHLPA are a lot more important than the last two. Uh, of course, you can tell that the first three are NHL and the last two are Players Association, or at least that's what they stand for. There's there's a tendency for a lot of people, I think, to kind of, you know, you think of professional athletes as these like, oh, what do you have to complain about? You're super rich and you play a sport for a living. But you have to look at it in this contest, in this context, where they're the ones who are doing the work and creating the product. And the owners are the ones who are, are like, um, I don't know who the who the least rich owner is in the NHL. Uh, I know Eugene Melnick, though, I think his net worth is like, a little bit over a billion dollars, which is at least like, which is like 10 times more than the richest NHL player of all time, who might be like Yarmir Yager, I think, um, whose career earnings are, I don't know, around a hundred million dollars. So they're, they're not, we're not talking like these are on the same level, on the same level. All right. The, the billionaires, the owners are the ones with all the power as per usual. And it doesn't seem like the NHLPA is that interested in, in fighting at all, which is, which is kind of disheartening, to be totally honest, that they're just, you know, pushed over so easily. And I know nothing's finalized yet. I hope the players fight back harder, because they definitely should. And they've given up 
plenty over the years to the owners. And now is the time for them to say, no, no, we signed our deal. We signed our, our new CBA and uh, we're not going to make any changes to it. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Because, uh, and this time around, it's, it looks pretty hopeful. It looks more hopeful than usual because it seems there's actual outrage among the players that the NHL would A, go back on this deal so soon and B, raise ex- escrow. And, and we know how much the players hate escrow. Uh, because uh, it's taking their contracts and uh, taking a bunch of money away from it. And so, you know, and it's like, yeah, what the fuck are the owners doing? I mean, like, seriously, I, I get that it's a business, but also you're worth billions of dollars. And like, you know, do you really, like you're taking away people who are trying to make a living, trying to make generational wealth. People who, you know, most of the NHL players don't make like $6 million a year, right? That's only, you know, the upper middle class in the NHL. And a lot of these guys, right, NHL clears, it's not something you can go do for 20, 30 years, especially if you're, you know, just a fringe guy. And after that, what are you going to do Yeah, in terms of making a living? Really, your options are limited. You didn't really go to school, right? Because you dedicated your life to playing hockey. And then the junior, maybe if you went to the NCAA, you did some studying in school. But for a lot of the Canadian junior kids, you know, it's just your life is playing for your junior team. You're not going to school anymore. And so, you know, it's, uh, so if you're making like 900 grand a year, and I mean, after three years, that's it. Your career's over because, well, you're middling in the AHL, making a few, t- like 10 something grand, 20, 20, 30 grand, which, you know, isn't much, even for, you know, anybody, you know, just for your average citizen. Like, uh, really, it's, it's those kind of people who are getting screwed over, right? The most. Uh, well, everybody's getting screwed over in terms of players uh, when, they, when the owners pull this kind of bullshit. But those players in particular, I mean, uh, they're getting shafted because uh, the, the, what is it, the earnings, the years of earning, uh, the years of income that come out of hockey is very short compared to, you know, other careers. And so, yeah, I mean, hopefully the NHLPA can grow a spine for this one because really there's no reason to uh, push over because the owners aren't offering anything. The owners aren't offering anything. This is not a negotiation. This is the NHL saying, fuck you, do this for us uh, because there's nothing coming back the other way, right? So, yeah, I mean, hopefully mm-hmm. they don't get pushed over, as you said, because, yeah, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. The owners are sitting on billions of dollars. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're a greedy little shit. And we don't watch the NHL to, to, to care about the owners, right? We, yeah, you said it. The, the, the players are the product here. And so, really, you know, I mean, this is what you agreed to. This is what you agreed to four months ago. And to go back, really goes to show, man. These some uh, greedy son of bitches. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can close off this topic by saying, if you're a billionaire, I hate you. And if you're a billionaire and you don't want me to hate you, then maybe uh, give a lot of your money away to good causes and, and uh, you know, contribute to the dismantling of capitalism. And then maybe, you know, we can be friends after that. Anyway, uh, do you want to move on to uh, these new divisions that they're reportedly going to be playing in next year whenever that ends up starting up? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. You wanna, this you, is the fun you wanna, stuff. You want to do the intro? Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah, so I think it was Greg Wyshynski who reported these new divisions that seem like as close to a sure thing as you can get, uh, these new alignments just for the one year while, you know, you can't travel between countries. And the plan is that, as we kind of expected, the entire regular season, uh, you only play the teams in your division. So it's probably going to be like 60 games. And in the Canadian division, uh, Montreal, for example, will play each of the other Canadian teams 10 times, and that'll be their regular season. And it'll prob- probably also be like a, a an MLB-style thing, 
where it's like Montreal will go to Ottawa and play three games and then, I don't know, go back home and Calgary will be in town for three games or something like that. And so, yeah, that Canadian division, of course, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. We have the Eastern division, which has Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York, New York, Carolina, Washington, and Philadelphia. We have Pittsburgh in the Central Division with the two Florida teams, Tampa Bay, Florida, and Detroit, Columbus, Chicago, St. Louis, and Nashville. And we have the Pacific Division, which is San Jose, LA, Anaheim, Arizona, Vegas, Dallas, Colorado, and Minnesota. Okay. So, yeah. So, let's get into these divisions. First of all, the Canadian Division. Uh, You know, it's looking like uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think uh, just for us Canadian fans, you know, we're going to love a little inter-Canadian rivalry. And sure, uh, first of all, you know, this this whole 10 games, uh, you play each team 10 games. Well, you know, it's a fun little twist for a season. You know, would I like it for every season? Maybe not. But, you know, you get to spice up some rivalries. And uh, it's like you're playing miniseries uh, in the middle of the regular season. And that, I'm for it. You know, it's a, it's a weird season. It's going to be another weird season, a second one. Uh, and sure, spice it up. I like it. Uh, and and obviously, you know, just border travel-wise, it's easiest to do it. Uh, for the other divisions, I mean, the East Division is really just a metro. You throw in Boston and Buffalo, you replace uh, uh, who replaced Pittsburgh and Columbus. And, you know, it's a, it's an interesting, it's a fucking interesting choice to send Pittsburgh over to the Central Division when you've got literally their interstate rival, Penn, uh, Philadelphia, in the East. So, you know, two different divisions, one state. That's uh. That's an interesting choice, I would say, but it is what it is, and yeah, I mean, it, it's it's good for rivalries. That's what I'll say about this new format, right? And you know, the New York teams and and this, it's really just the Metro. Uh, the Central Division is just uh, okay. These teams are left over. We're just gonna throw them together. Clearly, you have the Florida teams too in there. Uh, Chicago, St. Louis. So yeah, we're gonna have Nashville and Tampa Bay going at it. Uh, you know, classic rivals, right? Nashville of and Tampa course. Bay. And uh, and the West Division is the West Division. It's exactly who you'd expect from the West Division, right? I think we tried to draw them up, uh, like uh, just geographically. We looked at where the teams are on a map, and we're like, okay, we could do this and this and this. And uh, the West Division is probably the easiest. You just take all the teams on the West Coast and the Pacific Times Division, right, basically. And uh, that's what they did. They threw in Minnesota, which is uh, an interesting pick, but uh, because you know Minnesota's pretty. Uh, pretty eastern compared to these other teams uh but uh yeah it's it's expected for the west division and it looks a lot like you know the central uh, it looks a lot like the pacific minus the canadian team because that's what it is yeah and a few central teams and there you have it so it's uh you know I, I like a little twist i like a little spice for this this new season why not if it's only for the short term you know i don't see a whole lot to criticize for yeah, me too. I think the only change I might consider making is, as you say, keep Pittsburgh with the, the Flyers and all those other teams. And then maybe to account for that, you move the Hurricanes into the Central, even though they aren't quite as Central. They're at least you know pretty close to Tampa Bay and Florida, relatively speaking, and Nashville as well. And so I think that could have worked a little nicer, but you know, kind of nitpicking here with stuff like that. Uh, what you said about like you know rivals, Nashville and Tampa Bay, reminded me of something really funny that for whatever reason, I just had totally forgot about. Uh, I was listening when I was like 10 or 11 years old or something to like a, an NHL game on the radio because I don't know. We were just in the car listening to an NHL game on the radio and it was the Panthers and the Flyers 
And whoever the broadcaster was was like, oh, Robert Dibbert of Panthers and Flyers, great rivals. And I was like, uh, okay, if you say so. <laughs> just, a, just a fun little anecdote. Um, so I know probably as we get closer to the season starting, we might have more details on what a playoff format would look like. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they go into a bubble for the playoffs. Like they said, they don't want to do it for regular season, which makes a lot of sense. Maybe for a playoffs that's shorter than the one we just had because there wouldn't be that play-in round. It would just be like the regular four rounds. I think maybe, and also if, you know, agree to, you know, not lying to the players about what's going to be available to you in terms of leaving the bubble safely, then I think you could maybe make it work. If not, though, then we're probably looking at a situation where we have one team from each of these divisions in the conference finals, which I think would be kind of fun to have one of those, you know, almost pretty much yeah, a purely a bracket format to figure out who goes where or almost a, a pure bracket. Um, I don't know if we want to have some sort of preemptive predictions about standings or if we just want to try to get a gauge for what they might look like. Uh, we can do, we can do some standings. Uh, maybe not full. We can just like, who would make the playoffs? And what would be the playoff format? So let's see. Uh, it would probably be four teams per division. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's what the plan is. Okay. All right. You want you want to do four teams per division? You want to you want to you want to shoot the breeze? Sure, sure. Why not? All right. Uh, I'll start in Canada. Uh, I think Toronto is the best team in this division. Uh, put them number one. Then I think we'll have Calgary number two, Edmonton number three, and I'll put Montreal number four. Okay, so you're leaving the Oilers out. Wow. No, I put uh, them number three. I said oh, Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal. Oh, it's yeah. Calgary, okay. Oh, okay, I see what you did. So you left out Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Ottawa. Yes. Ah, that checks out. That checks out. Uh, I think I'd have to agree. In terms of ranking-wise, I would put Toronto first. Uh, hmm. Yeah, you know what? Markstrom, I think he's going to do good for You know what? I'm doing Calgary first. Screw it. I'm saying Markstrom has a crazy season, and he drags Calgary to the top of the Canadian division. Uh, then we have Toronto, who I think is the has the most talent on paper. Uh, and then I put uh, the Oilers, and uh, I'll put Montreal. If Montreal manages to miss the playoffs uh, after those moves, those uh, you know quote unquote win now moves, if that's what you know Bergman wants to call them, and they manage to miss the playoffs in a season where you're against you know teams that are pretty, it's a pretty mediocre division. Well, that's just that'll be embarrassing. That'll be fucking embarrassing. Even if we didn't think those were the smartest moves, Bergman seemed to think they were win now moves. So I think the expectation, especially with this format, is uh, they better fucking make the playoffs. Better not get leapfrogged yeah. by the defenseless Jets and the, uh, well, just got way worse Canucks and God forbid the Senators. Yeah, uh, I'm not overly confident in Montreal making the playoffs this year at all. Which is surprising because I think like, well, not that part isn't surprising. What's surprising is I think I saw on The Athletic, yeah. uh, Arpan Basu and Marc-Antoine Godin did like a, a fan poll or something. And apparently, like, 95% of Habs fans see them as a playoff team now, which was extremely surprising to me. I'd put their odds at probably, like, 60% about. Because I think, like, Montreal, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, Winnipeg, I think they're all pretty more or less on the same tier, I think. And if we're putting Toronto in, which I think we should, I think they're kind of pretty decisively the best team, especially after adding TJ Brody in this division. Um, And so I think that Montreal has like a three out of five chance, kind of in the same pool with those other teams. Ottawa, of course, in a class by themselves at the bottom of this division. That's like, that's kind of how I look that, at it. That's a, that's, that's, a pretty, uh, that's a pretty solid justification for uh, for a percentage. Pretty good. Uh, all right. So yeah, 60%. That sounds about right. And I agree. I have fucking no comp. This doesn't feel like a playoff team, frankly. They had a nice little run, 
But uh, let's not forget what happened like right before that uh, in the regular season where, where they were in the standings. All right. And how miserable we were, uh, you know, uh, watching the, the watching them go into free fall with those losing streaks. OK, one thing that uh, I think that could, the East. That one yep. thing I think that could give Montreal the edge, though, um, is not only just the addition of Jake Allen, which I think by itself would make Carey Price, you know, a lot fresher. And also that uh, we didn't mention this, but Stefan Waite explicitly said uh, they're planning on starting Jake Allen if they were an 82 game season, about 30 games which is pretty sweet. Oh. Carey Price 52. That, that's very nice. That's what we were hoping for. That's what we've been asking for all for the past year and a bit. And not only that, also the fact that it will be a shorter season, even if Carey Price did have a bad backup still, he, he would be playing better because he would be fresher for longer because the season were shorter. So I think that does give Montreal, maybe I'll boost their odds to 65% because of that. I'll give them a, a little push. Such a, such a generous odd maker you are. Uh, yep. And uh, yeah, that's, Pretty good analysis, I would say, because uh, uh, yeah, uh, if you if you go with a sixty game season, try as hard as you might, uh, Claude Julien, it, it's very hard to play in fifty two games, fifty two games in one year. Um, okay, all right. So for the East, this is a it's a funky bunch. Um, hmm, who would I? Okay, so I have Boston. You know what? Maybe I want to include Boston. They maybe they'll be my fourth or fifth seed here because I think I see some wow. better teams. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how uh, it shakes out. I have Carolina first. I have Philly second. Uh, Washington's fading fast, but I'll give them one more year in the playoffs. And uh, you know what? No, I'll put Boston third. In the end, in the end, uh, they're just, I'm not going to leave them out of the playoffs. That's too hot of a take. And I'll put Washington fourth. Uh, I think, I don't think the Rangers, maybe the, no, I don't think they'll make a leap. I think the Islanders, eh, I'm not going to pick the Islanders. And uh, it's the fucking Sabres and the Devils. Nothing to see there. This is definitely the most competitive division, I think. Um, because I'm looking at, okay, the worst teams, as you say, are definitely the Devils and Sabres. But we were, like, not us necessarily, but people, especially looking at Buffalo, like, oh, they added Taylor Hall, they added Eric Stahl, watch out for the, the Sabres. Uh, but they have uh, very little chance of making this division very competitive. The Devils as well. I was kind of last offseason being like, oh, they made a bunch of additions, which they did. Watch out for them. And, of course, it kind of fell flat. But this offseason, again, you know, do they gel? Do do Hisher and Hughes improve? Does Mackenzie Blackwood improve? Does Ryan Murray stay healthy? Remember, they acquired him. Uh, but I think even if everything goes right for those two teams, I have a hard time seeing them get, get out of 7th and 8th in whatever order you want in this division. Um. Uh, Boston, see, I don't. I'm interested to see how the loss of Tory Krug impacts them. Also, with how long Pasternak and Marchand might be injured, because uh, I don't remember what the timeline was. I don't think they'll miss that much of the season. I think they're expected back in like February, but I still think I still think they'll make the playoffs. I'll put Boston in. Uh, Washington, I actually think I might put them first in the division because one of the big reasons why. They were kind of underwhelming last year. Remember, in the regular season, they weren't. They just kind of fell, 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 fell flat Sorry, in the playoffs. In the regular season, they were very good. And that's with Braden Holpe having one of the worst seasons of his career. And now with Ilya Samsonov presumably taking the starter's role, and I expect him to be very good, I'm going to put Washington first in this division. I'm going to put Boston number two. I'm going to put Carolina number three. And for the fourth spot, I'm going to put the Islanders. Uh, because Barry Trotz has shown the past couple of years he has a great track record of taking teams that are mediocre on paper and overachieving with them. So even if they do have to lose some more good players, because they still haven't signed Matthew Barzell, I think he's going to be able to get them into the playoffs. And I know I leave out the Flyers. 
who just had a, a pretty surprising regular season. But the Flyers have had a long track record over the past, like almost 10 years of alternating between making and missing the playoffs. Almost, uh, I think it's actually been like they make it in the even numbered years and miss it in the odd numbered years every single year since 2012. So I'm just going to predict that pattern continues. I'll put Philadelphia number five. I'll put the Rangers number six, which is tough because I mean, you know, they've improved like they added Lafreniere. Uh, What else did they do? Is that the only thing they really did? Do they not really add any? Oh, well, they have Shesterkin now, who'll be the starter. Adam Fox will take a step forward. But uh, yeah, I just, I see them as the, the clear number six, the tier below those five and uh, above the Devils and Sabres. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot to like in this division. And uh, really, Washington, number one, eh? I mean, I think that team is aging fast. I think that team is aging fast. I don't think, you know, I don't think it was just a goalie problem. I think, uh, you know, they did have a good regular season, as you pointed out. But. I think the cliff is coming. I think the cliff is coming for Washington very, very soon where they're going to, you know, maybe not be terrible, but, you know, middling to the point where they just miss out on a playoff spot or or even fall down the rankings uh, and uh, and be kind of like a, a wild card team, although they won't be any this season probably. You know, I could see it happening. Anyways, uh, moving to the West now, or if you can even call it the West, uh, what do we do? We split these into two conferences. That's a question. Huh? What do you no. think? Well, we can't east-west, right? Because, uh, you know, Canada is just the entire fucking continent uh, laterally. So uh, how could you separate them? I guess I guess we're really just like screwing the conference format. We're going, there are four divisions and they are completely independent of each other, right? I guess that's the approach. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no conferences. Uh, okay. All right. That's I want more in the loss of a conf- the conferences for a year. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. We, we, we'll live without them, uh, you know? Yeah, add some spice to the division. I mean, it seems that the NHL has been trying to push this anyways, right? For years and years, it used to be full-blown conference, and the divisions hardly mattered. And now, you know, we saw that now they rank the playoffs teams by division. Well, this is it. This is the next step in the evolution, even though it's, you know, corona-mandated. Uh, it's full-blown division. I mean, uh, would, I, would I be totally surprised? if Not not that, that they would keep these in particular, but if the NHL was trending towards, you know, we're going to have four independent divisions, I wouldn't be too surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, for the central division, hmm. Okay, because this is such a weird bunch, right? So, I mean, I think Pittsburgh's good. Uh, they have, you know, Jari's their full-blown starter now. Obviously, Tampa. It's not, you know, St. Louis, the Blues. Uh, so those are three teams that seem to be pretty big, pretty solid locks. And for the fourth team, we have, you know, a fun bunch. I think Columbus. I think the Columbus is the favorite among the rest in terms of getting a playoff spot because... They seem to be pretty well. Uh, Detroit, full rebuild. Chicago seemed uh, interesting there, but I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy the. I thought that one series win. It was against the fucking Oilers. I think it's a bit of a mirage. They were completely outplayed, and Corey Crawford was the only reason they didn't. Wasn't a sweep. Uh, Florida, no faith in Florida and Nashville. Uh, you said it last season about them bad vibes. Yeah, they haven't really done much. They drafted a scarab, obviously, but you know, still questions about the top six and don't love them. So my order. Is Tampa first, then St. Louis, then Pittsburgh, then Columbus, or the playoff teams? Uh, I'm going to put Tampa number one for sure as well. I think I'll put Pittsburgh number two because even though they made some very bad moves this offseason, I think just the loss of Jack Johnson, even though you replaced him with Cody Cece, I think it's going to definitely be a big help. I think it's going to help out. Uh, and so I'll put Pittsburgh number two. I'll put Columbus number three and St. Louis number four. And the reason I'm putting the Blues number four is because... Uh, I'm not a believer in Jordan Bennington, 
especially after how terrible he was in the playoffs. And then they go and trade Jake Allen. And so their tandem as it stands is Binnington. And I think they're going to have a couple prospects fighting to be the backup. Billy Huso is probably going to end up being it. Uh, let me just check right now. Or they signed John Gillies as the other option to be the backup. So, uh, yeah, I'm worried about the Blues goaltending situation, how that stands. I think even though they replaced him with Krug, I think the loss of Petrangelo is going to be a, a very big blow to that team. So I don't see them finishing higher than like um, than, than fourth, probably, in this division. That's my prediction. And I wouldn't even be surprised uh, if Nashville ended up ahead of them and St. Louis missed the playoffs. Whoa. That is, that's a hot take right there. Uh, I, I as well, I don't, I don't totally buy the Bennington hype. He had a nice little, he had a nice run when they won the cup, but he wasn't very good last season, and he was fucking terrible during the playoffs. So yeah, but I think he can hold up. I think he can hold up. I think the team is, you know, it works. That's what it is. I won't say you know veteran experience and all that, but it works. The team seems to click. They had a great regular season last year. Let's not forget they did. I think they were were they. Uh, they were trying to, they were like wrestling with Colorado for that first seed in the Central. And so, you know, it's a, this is a team that can wrestle with Colorado. And they had Bennington last year play most of the games. He was the full blown starter in the regular season. And they still managed to do it. Uh, Tarasenko, I think he should be healthy, right? I don't remember the, what was coming out. I haven't kept track of Tarasenko in a while now, but I think the, we anticipate him coming back. Obviously, Petrangelo, what's up with that? Uh, whether, how will they deal with the loss there? Remains to be seen. But, I think St. Louis works. I think it's just one of those teams that they figured it out, and it's a good team. Did they collapse in the playoffs? Yes, but I think they're a solid regular season team. Okay, so uh, onto the West. Uh, let's see. Hmm, this one seems to be this one seems to be even more clear cut in terms of you know contenders and not so, contenders. Yes. So uh, we have Colorado and Vegas. Obviously, uh, I'll put Colorado number one because I just like their team better, and so I'll put them as the first seed. Vegas can be the second seed. Third seed can be Dallas, although I, th- I expect them to drop off pretty big with, you know, we saw those, we talked about those big injuries, Sagan and uh, Bishop out for a long time. Huge losses. I don't think they, I don't think they can be understated as losses. Uh, but, I mean, there really isn't much competition outside of that in the division, which is why, you know, it's hard to put anybody else ahead of them. So let's see. Anaheim, they seem to be pretty rebuildy right now. You know, they've got some nice young pieces. You know, maybe they'll sneak into the fourth stop. Maybe. Uh, Arizona, you know, I'm not even going to get into that. I have no faith in Arizona. I never will until they win a cup or something. Uh, or they hmm. have some at sort of extended... Yeah, at least some sort of extended playoff success uh, would be necessary for me to even start buying into the Coyotes. You make the playoffs one year, I don't give a shit, frankly. Uh, because uh, it's the fucking Coyotes. So uh, that's that. San Jose, complete mess. The goaltending situation has not been fixed. We talked about they added Dubnik. What did that do for you? Really? Devin Dubnik? He was like the yeah, he was the second worst starter last year, basically. And the worst starter was uh Martin Jones. So, you know, I don't anticipate it getting any better. And the wild. Oh, uh, well, right, the Kings. Kings are another team that some nice young pieces. They're still, you know, they're they're still in the rebuild mode. And the wild. Uh I think, you know, the mediocre team, uh, questionable moves moving on from Eric Stahl. But I really it's just a weak bunch here. So the safe pick would be to go to Minnesota because they're firmly mediocre and a lot of these teams are just bad that remain. Uh, you know what? I'll go spicy. I'll go spicy. I think Minnesota drops. I'll take uh, I'll take Anaheim. Getting solid vibes from them this year. 
All right. Uh, I am going with, okay, well, with the Sharks, like, yeah, that goaltending still is the big concern, but they were really bad last year. And I, I actually did consider for a second, like, hmm, is there a chance they can maybe bounce back? Because this really was out of nowhere. And I decided, no, there's really no chance they bounce back because of just how terrible they were. And I'm picking Minnesota as my four, my number four seed in this division, even though they have a, a center core of Joel Eriksson-Eck, Nick Benino, Nick Bugstad, and Victor Rask after trading away Eric Stahl and Luke Cunnan. Um, I think there are two players who are there adding to this team that are going to make a big difference. Cam Talbot, number one. Uh, I have faith, not that he can be like a Vesna winning goalie or anything, but that he can be a lot better than Devin Dubnik, and I think that'll give them a big boost. And Kirill Kaprizov, who they've been waiting to come over from the KHL for a long time, a draft pick of theirs from 2015, I want to say. And finally, he's coming over this season, and he definitely has star potential. He was great at the World Juniors when he was there, but that was a while ago. He's like 23 now, and he's been around a point a game in the KHL for the past like four years, which is very difficult to do uh, at any age. And also he, he he's uh, like 23, I think. So I think he's going to be a top line player right away. And I think he's going to make a really big difference, honestly. So that's why I'm picking Minnesota as the number four in the Western division. All right. Minnesota sliding in yet again as the last playoff team, as they do, as uh, Mr. Mediocrity of the NHL. Okay. Yep. So uh, that, that those are our predictions. Very, very preliminary uh, for these projected divisions. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready for some spiciness. I keep saying spicy because that's how I feel about these divisions. They're new. They're fresh. And yeah, Funky I'm excited. Fun. Hopefully we can get, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get this started soon. You know, uh, you know, league players figure it out, you know, uh, figure it out. I mean, uh, you know, let's. Let's cave a bit, owners, please, for the love of God. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to shout out uh, Braden Holpe's tortoises because, as you might have seen by now, Braden Holpe, as he was moving from, I guess, Washington to Vancouver, his new team, the Canucks, he got stuck at the border because he didn't have the proper paperwork for his tortoises. So he was stuck there for a while, but everything got resolved, and they're home now. And uh, I just think it's great that Braden Holpe has pet tortoises. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I imagine they're they're solid pets, right? You know, uh, pretty low maintenance. I imagine you feed them some food; they move pretty slowly, uh, according to the turtle stereotype. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I would like a pet turtle. I don't have any pets; I never have. But I think turtle will be a solid pick. You know, they live long. They might even live longer than you. Who knows? Probably will. And probably will, especially if you buy them new. If you buy them now, uh, and you know, they look they look pretty mellow. Look pretty. Look like they're. They look pretty mellow. Yeah, if you keep them happy, yeah. keep them fed, keep them healthy. Uh, I'd imagine they make solid pets. You know, you you come out, you take them out of their little aquarium, you play them with them a little while. You know, they get to crawl around and you get to have fun with your pet turtle, and then you return them to the cage, you feed them some lettuce, and uh, and then, then you can go about your day, and you don't have to worry too much about your pet turtle. I think it's fantastic. And you know, unfortunately, they got caught up at the border, but it's a it's a nice little story that showcases that spotlights the fact, or just spotlights pet turtles in general. And yeah. I can admire such a story. Another turtle stereotype, probably due to the fact that they live so long, is that they're extremely wise. So maybe if you have a pet turtle, if you have some sort of problem or dilemma, you go and ask them for advice. And they'll definitely tell you the right thing to do because of how much wisdom they have accrued over their hundreds of years of existence. Hell yeah. All right. Look at that. So maybe, you know, pet rankings, turtle, 
would probably have to be in the top three, I would say. You know? Wow. Just just an all just an outright, just solid across the board. You know? They live long, mm-hmm. they're not too fast, and won't bother you too much. Uh, but they've got some energy, I think. And as you said, they're just mini philosophers with a shell. Like, come on now. How could you not love that? So uh shout out to turtles. Y'all real ones out there. And uh I know I'm pretty sure there's some endangered species, you know. Fight it out, tough it out for us. Uh <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's tough. Right. It's tough with humans wrecking up the habitat, but uh, stick it out. We, we love you. Shout out to the turtles. Yeah, don't be so soft. Anyway, uh, before we get to this, hard to do that quiz, with a shell. Ayo. <laughs> Anyways, before we get to the quiz, I have a question for you. Uh, that's right. not at all related to the quiz. Um, what do you okay. think about fleets? Any thoughts about fleets? Fleets. Okay. Yeah. So fleets. That's the new Twitter thing, right? Uh, it's like yeah. Instagram story for your tweets. Um, you know, it's clear that like they're trying to cover, they're trying to, you know, cover all their bases, uh, in that they're just like stealing Instagram things, uh, which, you know, I guess it was to be expected eventually, but I don't really like, first of all, I am on the Twitter web app version on my phone. I don't have the actual app. I just go on my browser. So I don't, I don't even know how to access the fleets to be totally honest. Uh, you know, I just, I've never seen a fleet. So can I really formulate an opinion on them? Probably not, but you know. It's just, it kind of ruins the vibe, I feel. You know, Twitter has a very specific vibe where you tweet something. Yeah, you can delete it, but you can't edit it. And it stays on up until you delete it. Like, deleting it is a concrete act that you take. means I'm taking it back. Uh, And fleets, they expire after 24 hours. Which, you know, yeah, I think it just kind of ruins the vibe. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I don't like them. I'm not a fan either. Uh, I saw someone, a tweet actually, it was funny though. It was like, you know, people, capitalism breeds innovation. And they have a screenshot of like, every single social media platform with stories because like all of them do at this point um they're actually so it does look pretty much exactly like instagram at the top of the page on the on the twitter app on your phone uh you have your own little profile picture in the top left with a little ad and the plus option i have not posted any fleets at all and then you have the long line of everyone you follow with something on their fleet that you can click on and click through exactly like instagram uh the first day where they dropped a few days ago um, and everyone was posting fleets like, oh, what's this? This is so weird. And I clicked through some of them and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to do that again. I haven't opened any fleets since then. And I just ignore them. I actually, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, they're getting rid of fleets, but they haven't. So I think that was just a joke. Uh, but yeah, I've actually been going on Twitter less on my phone and more on my desktop because you don't see the fleets on your desktop. And I, I like it better that way. I like it better that way, yeah, so that's I'm li- what I've been doing. I'm living a fleetless existence as well here. Uh, I don't expect to download the app, so I don't ever expect to see a fleet. Uh, and I am perfectly fine with that. I don't think I'm missing out on much. It's probably just people, I don't know, tweeting out their lunch. And uh, I'm good. I'll pass on that one. Uh, just if you if you think something really good, you think it's something really funny, uh, you can post it on your uh, actual Twitter, and then I'll get to see it. Uh, so uh, save your shitty content for the fleets. And so I won't have to see them because I won't look at them. I won't open them. Yeah, if we're being honest, we know what these fleets are. And it's just uh, another way for Twitter to kind of, you know, to stick ads in between fleets like Instagram does. Absolutely. Yep. Get some more revenue, of course. Um, so time for the quiz. I'm very excited about this one. I, I okay. woke up yesterday morning with this brilliant idea in my head. So you know how sometimes in life uh, you're maybe not getting oh. along well with someone, right? Uh, <laughs> And a good way to maybe you won't become 
best friends or anything, but to at least appreciate and understand each other. The best way to do that is to get to know them better. So today, uh, you will be getting to know someone who you haven't been getting along with very well. And uh, so this this quiz is called, Am I Describing Joel Edmondson or Someone Else? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, alright, we've got a... Okay, some conflict right. resolution out here. I, I mean, I haven't ragged on his contract yet today. So maybe I'm warming up to him. Maybe not. I don't think so, actually. But uh, all, right. all right, let's go. So so there are nine nine uh, descriptions here. I'm thinking okay. we set the threshold a little higher, like maybe seven on nine, because this is kind of like a 50-50 sort of thing, like a true or false okay. situation. So I think yeah. it's seven on nine. How to work? I'll describe a player. You tell me if I'm describing A, Joel Edmondson, or B, someone else. And you don't have, even have to name this someone else. You just say someone else, and I'll let you know if you're right or wrong. Ready to go? All right. Sounds good. Okay. I'm ready. Number one. This is the only defenseman on either team who played less than 10 minutes in game seven of the Stanley Cup final in 2019. You know, that checks out. I think that checks out. Uh, He didn't play much at all. And uh, because he wasn't very good. So I will say that is Joel Edmondson. You're one for one. Absolutely correct. John Moore of the Boston Bruins missed the cutoff by, I think, like a minute and a half or something. But you are one for one. Joel Edmondson's the correct answer. Oh, yeah. Number two. This player led Moose Jaw Warriors defenseman with 31 points in the 2011-12 season. 2011-12 season? Okay. Well, I, I assume that Moose Jaw was his junior team. <laughs> You're asking me if he was the leading scorer Scoring defenseman? Yes. Sorry? Yes, that is On a question. His team. That's okay. a description. All right. Uh, Moose Jaw. It's in the WHL. 31 points. Do I think he can get 31 points in the season? Um, hmm. Let me think. Do I even have faith on him to score 31 points? Not really. Even in junior. He's not very offensive-minded. The, the question is, were there any defensemen that score more than him? Because, uh, you know, so many teams. How many NHL can, defensemen can you get on one team? Uh, but, uh, you know, the beef continues. I would say that's not Joel Edmondson. I, I don't think he was the lead scoring defenseman on his team, even on his junior team. Correct. Joel Edmondson had 23 points. Oh, my God. Second, second on the <laughs> team for defensemen. Uh, the oh, player who had 31 was fifth round pick of the Chicago Blackhawks, Travis Brown, who never played in the NHL. Okay. All right. Well, you know, if in junior, you can't even outscore fucking Travis Brown on your own team, maybe you fucking shouldn't sign the man to a four-year contract. Uh, you know who else was on whatever, that team? However long it was. Who? Morgan Riley had 18 points in 18 games. So he was a point a game, but he just like, he missed a lot of time. So... Oh, all right. So there were two defensemen, uh, NHL defensemen. Albeit one, you know, Riley didn't outscore him, but uh, his point is uh, point per game pace certainly did. And uh, this is why you don't give Joel Edmondson three and a half million dollars for four years. Okay, moving on. Number three. This is the only player to play all 82 games for St. Louis in the 2018-19 regular season. Huh. Okay, all 82 games. You know, is this... <laughs> is this just is, you know you talk about me having beef with Joel Edmondson is this just a diss track for Joel Edmondson I'm just gonna keep on going with 
you know, I'm going to assume that all the bad things are true and all the good things are false and see how far that takes me. Uh, 82 games, playing all 82 games is a good thing. Uh, and, and so I'm going to, you know, I know the stereotype is, you know, defensemen stay home, they're Iron Man. But I'm going to, I'm going to keep going on this train until it fails me. I'm going to say false or that was not Joel Edmondson. Correct. The player I'm describing is Ryan O'Reilly. Okay. All right. You said only players. So yeah, the, the odds that Joel Edmondson was the only player to do anything good on his team is so unlikely that, uh, you know, that makes that answer even better. Okay. All right. Edmondson played 64 games that year, by the way. Okay. You missed number four. That's 18 games. All right. Probably healthy scratched. Anyways, let's go. This player was drafted 46th overall by the St. Louis Blues in the 2011 draft. Okay, so that's it's pretty straightforward. Um, do I know if that's true or false? I don't know. Uh, so let's see if the age checks out. I assume it would. Even if it would false, I would, I would assume you take the same draft, right? Uh, that was nine years ago, and he is... So he would be about 27, 26. That checks out. He's about 27, 26. Um, hmm. Was he okay? So St. Louis, that checks out because I know he's been with St. Louis his entire career except for that last year. Was he drafted in the second round? Is the question. This is not a good or a bad thing to be drafted, so I, I can't really rely on my uh strategy that's taken me up to this point. Hmm. Joel Evanson, is he a second round pick? You know what? I'm gonna say. False. I don't think it's Joel Edmondson because I don't know how you could see what he did in Moose Jaw and be like, yes, that's what we want. He couldn't even outscore fucking Travis Brown. We're going to pick him. I'm going to say it's not Joel Edmondson. Uh, you are wrong. I am describing oh. Joel Edmondson, second round pick. Wow. And I would like to remind okay. you that Damon Hunt just was drafted 65th overall, which is not quite the second round, but it's pretty close. And he scored zero goals. So, you know, yeah. some of the scouts don't necessarily look for offensive production. So you're three for four fair. right now. Not okay. bad, not bad. Still on track. Pretty good. Uh, question number Pretty five. Good. This player led the Carolina Hurricanes with 72 penalty minutes in the 2019-20 season. All right. Hmm. You know, that's a bad thing. Do I even have to? I think this is a diss track. I think you're going for, I think you have more receptors towards him than I do. So I'm going to say that is Joel Edmonton. He did lead them in fucking. Wait a second. Wait, before I confirm the answer, did he even fucking play enough games? Yeah, you played minutes on the third pair, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll say it. Why not? Carolina, they were a very penal- heavily penalized team anyways. There's no real enforcers there. So I'm going to say uh, he's just bad. He takes penalties. I think it's true. It is Joel Edmondson. <laughs> Correct. It is Joel Edmondson. Ah, of course. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this really is a diss track, I see. Okay. No, okay. no. I, uh-huh. I just, just fun facts. Just fun yeah, facts. Fun facts. All um, of which shine him in a negative light. Ah, coincidence. You know, I was getting drafted 46th overall. That's not a negative light whatsoever. I I mentioned that as, as an exception when I answered the question. I was like, this one isn't very positive or negative. But all the other ones, all the other ones, he, has, he wasn't the one who played a full season. He has the most penalty minutes. He couldn't even be the leading scorer on his junior team. I'd say that's pretty negative spotlight you're signing on our boy Joel Emerson now. Oh well, well this next one isn't very positive or negative either. So okay, that's so you'll be able to lean on that. All right. When this player was involved in a trade between the St. Louis Blues and Carolina Hurricanes, the team that traded him retained fourteen point one percent of his salary. 
<laughs> it's so specific. Um, okay. So the team that what traded him retained 14.1% of his salary. So you're telling me St. Louis retained 14.1% of his salary? Um, hmm. I mean, that would be pretty bad, actually. That would be a pretty... I think that's a pretty negative thing. If your team has to uh, retain salary. Hmm. You know what? Was there a retained salary on this dude? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say there was retained salary. Let the distract continue. Uh, incorrect. I'm describing Justin Falk. There was no retained oh, salary, salary on Edmonton's oh deal just for Justin Falk. Oh, how can I forget? Okay. My apologies. So, oh, man. I forgot about the contract. I forgot, I, forgot, I forgot he was part of the trade. I thought, uh, okay. He was part of the right. trade. It was the Justin yeah. Falk trade. That's when Edmondson went okay. to Carolina. It wasn't the Joel Edmondson trade. That's what I forgot. Goddamn. All right. Okay. So you have two mistakes so far, so you have to get all these last three correct if you want to win the okay. quiz and meet the seven on nine threshold. Ready? That's okay. Yep, I'm ready. In Adam Kimmelman's 2011 mock draft on NHL.com, he described this player as big blue liner, not afraid to get physical, and can chip in offensively. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, that's... That's interesting, I would say. Uh, I mean that that seems to be that. Did he just say chip in offensively though? Yes, and can chip in offensively. Well, that that raises some some red flags, huh? Let me think. Wow, I'm really I'm really playing for uh, all the marbles here. I really should have remembered about. I should have really remembered the uh, Dustin Falk. Hmm. Do you think he can chip in offensively? Hmm. All right. You know what? I'm gonna say you're. I'm gonna say you're 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 clowning uh, Adam Kimmelman or whoever this guy is. I'm gonna say that is Joel Edmondson. Unfortunately, this is about Dougie oh Hamilton. Oh my god. Dougie Hamilton, who was mock drafted fifth overall to the New York Islanders, and of okay. course ended up being drafted ninth by Boston. Wow. Okay. Fortunately, so that's you lose. the end for my winning run. Yeah. But we have two more questions. We can see if you can at least meet the uh, the six on nine threshold. Okay. All right. All right. Wow. Number eight. This player led St. Louis with sixty-eight penalty minutes in the two thousand eighteen nineteen season. Oh yeah. Let's. We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep going on the uh, this track train, and I have nothing to lose anymore. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that is Joel Edmondson. Also, I've said Joel Edmondson twice now, where I've lost. So I think we're due for a yes. That is Joel Edmondson. Yes, that is Joel Edmondson. So he has led his team in penalty minutes two years in a row. Isn't it fun to get to know our new players? Oh, yeah, so much fun. I'm learning so many good things. I thought the goal of this quiz was me to get him to like like him more, not realize just how bad he is. No, no, and, we're just getting so to know him more. And then you can oh, appreciate okay. him right. more because of your newfound knowledge, of course. Oh, yes. Appreciate him more. That's the last word question. I would use. Okay. Last question. Right. This, this really former... is a diss track. No, not really, not really. This former St. Louis Blue was traded to Montreal on September 12th, 2020. This former... <laughs> okay, that is that is an interestingly worded question because... Wait, was traded to Montreal? Okay, so you didn't say that he was traded from St. Louis. You said he used to be on St. Louis, which is two different things. 
September 12th, 2020. Oh, did you say September 12th? Yes. This St. Louis. Okay, because then I realized this might be a trap because Jake Allen was also a former St. Louis Blue who was traded. And so <laughs> the question is, which one was on September 12th, 2020? Um, let me try to... Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You really got me thinking here. Really got me thinking. I thought... Yeah, so Allen came first. And free agency. When was free agency this year? It's That's about right. Because he signed him right before free agency. September 12th. Let me check out. They traded for him, and then they waited. We waited a few days, right? They said, and then we held an episode before he signed the contract, and they signed the contract. Yeah, you know, I think the timing worked right. If he is the player, I'm gonna say yes. That is Joel Edmondson. Congratulations, yes, Joel Edmondson was there. Was we go. Okay. Ten days after Jake Allen, thought that might trip you up, but uh, but you got okay. it. Yeah, yeah. You had me thinking there. You had me thinking, but I thought I remember the free agency was a bit. It was closer. It was closer to free agency, and uh, yeah. All right, we were hoping he was gonna walk. Remember, that was uh, yes, that was the whole episode there, were. and uh, very, very fortunate he didn't. Okay, six out of nine. Took a, took an L there. Uh, I blame this one on Justin Falk for not coming to mind when I uh, <laughs> had to contemplate that trade. That's completely on your shoulders, Justin, uh, and also completely on your shoulders the fact that the Blues couldn't retain Alex Petrangelo. So uh, you know, lots of blame to go around on Justin Falk's shoulders. Okay, that's a, I'd say that's a pretty. Pretty excellent quiz that you served up just now. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so next week will be a guess who again. We will decide what team we're doing at some point this week. Uh, but I think that's it for this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. And you can tell everybody that we exist and ask them to listen to us if you want to.